You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by Pastor David. Hello. And... Wow, we are like in that little slump between Christmas and New Year's where... Don't want to do nothing? Exactly, (laughs) and like I have no idea what day it is. You know, when you have extra time off, it just messes. Plus, you're like eating really bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And your schedule's all thrown off. I'm really confused, but I'm here, so... I I just got here, so... (laughs) And nobody knows what time it is, since you have no clue, so... (laughs) It's really early in the morning, just to show how committed we are. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll just pretend that, because <laughs> all of you that know David know he's a real early riser. I am. <laughs> I, am. I actually, I so typically I'm very disciplined, and I get myself up early, work out. Like today, even I was like, nope, I'm sleeping, mm. and that's very unlike me. So mm. that just goes to show. This week, I don't know what it is about this week, but it's it's a real thing. Yeah, I do. I get up and and do a setup every morning. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. To get out of bed. Nice. It's a a setup and (laughs) a rollover. Drums, you know, that would be a really good time for that. Um, So you had a good Christmas. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was, yeah, it's, every year it just seems like it's just like a flash, you know. Yeah. Oh, Christmas is over. Um, But I mean, it was good. Good hanging out with family and, you know, just enjoying some uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, Amy gave me a present where she didn't wake me up in the morning, and nice. I, I, I slept in. I'm not going to awesome. say how long, but yeah. it felt amazing. That's cool. To just have a day of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't have any family thing. We didn't have any. So, yes, I just mm-hmm. she gave me a day of just That's amazing. being lazy. Yes. We all need those. We yes. all need those. Yeah. Um, with all the extra time off we had, I was really looking forward to getting a lot of extra sleep. And, um, man, my body would not let me sleep in most of the days. The only day that I was able to sleep in was Monday. And I think we slept in until like quarter after seven, which for me mm. is really late. Yeah, no. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but it is. Um yeah, so that was nice, but yeah. I still feel like I haven't gotten like caught up because I feel like I actually got less sleep yeah. around Christmas, um, just because my brain just it yeah. won't stop going. You know, I I got uh, I asked for and I got my pillows for Christmas. Okay, which ones are those? They're the Mike Liddell. I don't know. He's the commercial. He's got the guy with the mustache. Like I don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay. he's like, they're, but so they're called my what's pillows. What's the thing? What's what's so great about these pillows? Everybody just says they're made. I mean, the you know, and they're like top Are they rated. Like memory foam or no? No, they're weird feeling. So yeah, when I feel, I've never actually felt one. You can mm-hmm. almost feel the chunks in it. Huh? Like I don't know what it is, but okay. All I gotta say is I didn't know if I'd like them, but since I've been using them, I must be sleeping extremely deep because wow. I am having the most vivid dreams. I had like, a crazy dream yeah. last night too, but so, not because of a pillow. But it, like, it's all the time. It's it's <laughs> like because I wake up throughout the night and you know yeah. roll over, yeah. and then you kind of. But I'm like having these wow. dreams, so I must be like, like really Do deep. Do you care to share any no. of your dreams? No, <laughs> nope, nope. Oh, David, that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I have um, a water pillow that I've been using for years and years. 
that I got when I worked at the chiropractor's office, and I cannot sleep without it. So it goes every unless we're on a plane, it goes everywhere when we stay in so hotels. The water. Even it's like inside of it, and like there's like a pocket in it. I know it sounds weird, but I, my neck is all kinds of jacked up if I don't. So sleep it sounds with like it. you're sleeping like on a hot water bottle. It kind of, like but a, it's not. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but I love huh. it. You know, okay. we all have our weird. Yeah, I never heard of one, you know? so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So um, last Sunday we had kind of a short little sermonette. Well, short depending on who's defining short. It was short or bad. <laughs> Somewhat short. Um, but the week before that. We um, wrapped up chapter four in First Peter, where we were talking about um, suffering some more, which is always fun. And then, so this Sunday is going to be short as well, being it's New Year's Day. Yes. Um, and then I believe the Sunday after that. We will um, finish exile. Oh, we so are f- finishing that Sunday? No. Well, so the weekend, the week after this Sunday. Uh-huh. So like, what's this? The first, so the uh-huh. eighth. Okay. I'll finish Okay, I wasn't sure if we First were Peter. having an elder preach in between there. We are. There actually, there's an elder preaching this Sunday. Oh, this Sunday. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. was confused. No. All right. No. So, okay, well, then we don't have that long to wait. No. So, that's great. Okay, so um, that Sunday we'll wrap up chapter, well, the whole book, actually, but yep. the entirety of chapter five, um, which we'll be talking about um leadership and shepherding the flock and things like that but let's let's look back at the end of chapter four so we're looking specifically at verses 12 through 19 um so why might we be ashamed to suffer for christ david well i think it's the the um kind of goes back to where jesus was talking about if you're ashamed of me you know i'll be ashamed of you Mm -hmm. so it's the you know i think that the suffering is being ashamed is okay example would be like, I'm not going to be that open about my faith at work because I don't want to face the ridicule right. or I don't want to face the repercussions of what they might do. Um, or if I step out of my faith and stand up for what I believe in, I might have to forfeit some kind of material you know, thing that I want. So it's more important for me to be seen in a, a positive light mm-hmm. in a worldview than putting myself out there to stand up for Christ. Um, and, and I think Jesus talked about this with the, if you go back to the, the parable of the sowers, cause he talks about, you know, some of the seed is going to fall on, on soil, but it's going to get choked out by the worries of life. And, and I think that's kind of some of those worries of life. It's the, I'm all in as long as it doesn't cost me anything. And now I'm going to be ashamed of that. Um, I'm not willing to take the fire that's going to come with standing mm-hmm. up for my faith. And we're going to see that we're seeing that now, but we're just going to see it more and more in yeah. our context of America, because anymore you're instantly, um, labeled, I, I, you're canceled. You, you you're are. You, yeah. You, you're judged by, you know, mm-hmm. this, this, I, I was, I can't, is it, I don't know. I never watched him, but I was watching a video just yesterday. Um, is it, he's a, he's a TikTok like influencer where they call him, but Logan Paul, is that his name? I have no idea. I, I, he, I guess he's big. I'm I proud to say I'm, I know nothing about TikTok. Okay. The <laughs> only reason I started paying attention to it is because I guess he's been around for quite a while. YouTube, he was a big YouTube star. And I watched this video because on his podcast, his best friend is a very strong professing Christian. And this video was actually, and I, like, again, yeah, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Logan Paul was his name. Like this video was of them on the podcast and him just he can't stand that his friend is a Christian oh. and, and he's just, and, and he kept 
judging him on these different issues. And his friend kept saying, when have I ever been like that judgmental? He's like, and his, and, and his friend Logan Paul was like, that's your boat, dude. Like everybody, a Christian. Mm-hmm. So he's basically judging his friend by you've chosen to be yeah. in this boat with all these people. That's such a double standard. It is. And, and so it just shows that mm-hmm. even if we are doing everything lovingly and correctly, right. it just shows the attitude that you're going to have to stand up with ridicule because people mm-hmm. are going to say, well, I'm going to judge you not because of you, but because of all these other people that I don't yeah. like what they're doing. And I think that's what we're seeing. And the ashamed part is when we shrink back yeah. and, and when we, oh yeah, you're right. Or yeah. we apologize or we, you know. Because we're weird. Yeah. Well. I mean, I know for myself personally, I feel like the times when I tend to shrink back or maybe don't do the normal things that I would do um, around certain people is because like, it's just, I feel like, yeah, like they're going to judge me and I feel like I'm doing something different that I wouldn't have done before and they you know, they haven't been here to witness the whole change kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing for us as Christians, this big part of being ashamed is just speaking truth. When you have those moments where God, you know, he's calling you to step in mm-hmm. and he's like, say something. Yeah. And, and, and we talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. Not even for the ridicule. It's the, well, I don't want to make it awkward with my friends or, right. you know, I don't want to be seen as the religious person. Yeah. And, the and, weird one. and yeah. And, and even in safe environments, we talk ourselves out of it because it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to put myself out there. Yeah. And, and well, even the story you told about taking Libby to school and praying with her mm-hmm. and how you kind of went back and forth on whether you're, you know, and that's it even within mm-hmm. our own family. So, I mean, it just really goes to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where that ashamed is, is, mm-hmm. is it's the stuff that we are. I think we need to pay attention. It's the stuff that we would dismiss as not that big a deal. But in, in reality, Jesus is like, are you going to stick up for me? Right. Like, are you going to acknowledge me right. or are, are you going to live? You know, remember, it, I love that this verse because you can connect it with so many teachings of Jesus. Jesus says, I didn't light a lamp to hide mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't light it, light you to put you under a bed. I put you so you would shine. Right. And this is what he's talking about is when we are ashamed to let our right. light shine. So and, so we know this. We know that we're supposed to be bold and mm-hmm. we're supposed to um, you know, speak out when it's appropriate. Um so those times when we tend to shrink back and when we're feeling ashamed or embarrassed or scared or all of the above, how do we combat that? <laughs> Um, I, th- I think a big part of that for myself learning this also is it's to not rely on my strength. Those are those moments where I have to acknowledge, Lord, I can't do this unless you give me the strength to be able to do it. Um, because that's, that's the thing we're wrestling with was m- my own inadequacies. Inad- you know, my own, when I don't want to, that's because I'm, I'm focusing on my own weaknesses. And, and this goes back again to the promises of Jesus. I will give, the Spirit will give you the words to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to acknowledge that, though. Um, our part is to surrender and say, I'm going to do it anyways. Because um, I think what we want is we want the courage before we step out. The courage comes after we step out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's our part is to understand we can't wait until the feeling comes. The, you know, like, oh, now I'm, I feel brave. I'm going to do it. It's understanding how this works. When God promises, when you put yourself where I need you, I will give you what you need to do, what you need to do. Um, so our part is just reminding ourselves that it's reliance on him. It's even those quick moments of prayer. Uh, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm stepping out. You got you to help me. And then just being willing to step out. Um, 
and it's also reminding ourselves that let's i mean let's, if we're really honest about it we think worst case scenarios they don't happen like we think they do mm-hmm. like if i say something you know oh if i say something here they're gonna get mad at me and blow up okay sometimes that might happen but it's so rare yeah. Um, and I think that's the grace of God because if God's moving you to step into that, he's doing it because he, he genuinely has a plan. It's like, I want, I want something good to happen here. Mm-hmm. We make it worst case scenario. So sometimes it's, it's going back to those taking our thoughts captive and saying, okay, Lord, it's, they're not going to string me up for saying this. I'm not going to lose my best friend. If I say something, um, it's trusting again, it's not us, it's him that's mm-hmm. working through us. Um, go back to one of the things we say is our core value conduits be a conduit, you know, get yourself out of the way that's clogging up what God wants to do and just let him flow through you. Trust him. I think it's a big factor in that. Just trust him. Um, I know the times that, you know, I've shared the gospel with people in my own life. Uh, I'll always enter into it nervous. And, and, um, I, I remember one time doing it when I was, this was a long time ago. I was just in my early twenties and sharing, I was actually pizza hut here in Vinton and got in a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left, I was okay. Come on now. Stay focused. I am. She's all about pizza hut right now. She's like <laughs> bread, breadsticks, stuffed crust. Um, but I remember entering into it very nervous, but by the time it was done, Amy and I were walking out of pizza hut and I was just shaking and I wasn't shaking because of like nervousness. It's just like, you're so empowered by the moment that that it was just like, man, this is intense. This was amazing. Um, so that's what I'm saying is, is I think a lot of Christians miss out on that amazing feeling because we're too nervous to step into it because we're focusing more on our inadequacy when God's just like, man, wait till it's done. You're going to feel. Yeah amazing by the time this is done so i question stuff like i'm like is this god is this me am Hmm. i just thinking this because it's a random thought or is god the one that's you know what i mean Hmm. yeah i get that (laughs) it's so dumb i get that (laughs) um so kind of towards the end of this section um peter i almost said paul i always want to say paul peter briefly talks about judgment and so um keeping in mind that this is a letter of encouragement Mm-hmm. How does Peter want us to be encouraged by contemplating the last judgment? Mm-hmm. Well, if we're secure in our salvation, I mean, that's a huge encouragement to know that this is the reality of what's waiting for us. And if I know that my salvation is secure, if I know my position with Christ, I'm going to be encouraged that that's something I don't have to go through. Um, there's, there's a, you know, cause it's keeping it right in front of us. It, it's meant to be an encouragement. It's also meant to be a motivation. It, it's motivation of realize these people that don't know me, you know, so it's twofold. It's I'm encouraged knowing I don't have to face that. And I'm also motivated because I don't want others to have to face that. Um, it's just, you know, um, that's where I would get the encouragement. In fact, I'm reading a a book right now on, um, old, you know, saints, just kind of famous Christians. And, um, Actually, last night I skipped ahead because I wanted to see what they said about Wesley. Again, he's my he's my guy. I <laughs> he's like your to guy. he's yep. my guy. I like to read about. And one of the things I loved about Wesley is actually the thing I was reading about him last night was how he was a professed Christian and and he was striving for holiness, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a constant struggle for him in his early life because he ran into people that made him question. He's like, "Am I really, you know, am I really saved?" And and then the trans the the transformation that happened in him after he had his assurances. Mm -hmm. And so that's why encouragement for anybody that's listening is when we wrestle with our salvation, if you're constantly finding yourself questioning your salvation, I'm not saying to give into that, but start going to God and saying, God, I need that. I need assurance. Mm, Keep asking for it. 
Um, instead, we just suffer with the am I, am I not? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, go to the one that's going to give you assurances. Mm-hmm. And, and so start asking. And then once you have that and he removes, I mean, because Scripture tells us there's, there's no fear. In, in perfect love, there's no fear, right? So this, when I have the assurances that I am loved by God, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about judgment anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's encouraging, and, and because it reminds me that even if I have to suffer for a temporary season here, I'm not going to face the ultimate suffering. And, and it's like, okay, I can handle that. Yeah. So. It's it's definitely a mindset um, that can be hard to really wrap our heads around mm-hmm. in the midst of suffering. Yeah. Well, and I think that's <laughs> yeah. the, the point of all this. Mm-hmm. All this, this isn't stuff that we, it's a mindset, but it's a supernatural yes. ability that God pours into us. Yeah. It's not like all of a sudden I'm just going to get the right thought and that, that thought's right. going to make it all make sense. Yeah, if only. It's, it only comes, you know, yeah, there's yeah. never going to be the perfect sermon that's going to make me or the perfect study that's going to be like, I'm saved. Yeah. God tells us, no, that assurance comes from me, mm-hmm. right? This empowerment comes from me. And, and so if I would just encourage if anybody's wrestling with that or struggling with that, go to the source and keep asking for it until you have it. So. Yeah. All right. So chapter five, like I said, we... Uh, we won't be podcasting after you preach on chapter five. So we're kind of going ahead here. Um, but as he kind of winds down this letter to the church, he concludes with an exhortation to those that are charged to leading the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his message matters, not just for those who are in authority, but for those under it, as we've seen, you know, with all the talk of submission throughout this letter. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, one thing that's been probably really heavy on my heart too, uh, in this back end of 2022, um, is the heavy burden of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy burden. Um, and so like, as far as accountability goes, like what's at stake for those that are in leadership? Well, for those that lead the church. So if you want to, in this section, we're talking elders, we're talking mm-hmm. Pat, you know, if you want to, those, those that lead the church, um, we're going to be held responsible for how we lead. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be held uh, responsible for, um, I don't want to say we're going to be held responsible for each individual person's faith because that's not, I can't make decisions for people, but I'm going to, we're going to be held responsible for, the way we taught the, the standards that we, you know, and the expectations that are placed before us, we're going to be held accountable for how we preach the word of God and taught the word of God and whether we compromise the word of God, Mm -hmm. we're going to be held accountable for how we cared for those under us and, and, Mm -hmm. and and all of that. And, and one of the things that's, so I'm going to say this word, it's not meant to be judgmental, but it's interesting in our context of America is when you look at authority and you look at leadership, the church for for a long time in America has been set up in a very, um, well, the democratic frame of mind, mm-hmm. right? So you're here for me. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'll, I'll speak as a pastor. I've had this in every church. I don't care how good the church is. It, it, you're going to find it and it has to be dealt with in, in different ways. But the, no matter how, whether you have a church of 30 or a church of 3,000, you have a large segment of those that have it in the back of their mind, we're the bosses. Like we, we, you know, like we, we know what the pastor should do. Mm-hmm. We have an idea of how we expect the elders, you know. So there's always this tension in our context between submission to those that carry this weight of responsibility and then also this, well, you better do it the way that we want you to do it. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, never. It's never It's never there. Um, it, it's, it's, and it's the old, you know, I don't mean this judgment because I'm the same way. Sure. Everybody has an opinion on how things should be done when they're not the ones that are doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, like, of course I know how the country should be run. Yeah. Of course, I've never held a political office, but of course I know what every decision should be by every political person, you know, and, and that's also found in the church mm-hmm. is, of course, I know how the elders should have responded yeah. to that. I don't know all the details, but of course I know how mm-hmm. they should yeah, have done that. I'm absolutely 100% guilty yes. of that too. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and again, I'm not saying that to be, you know, condemning or anything right. like that. That's another one of the tensions is because yeah. a, a lot of times leading a flock of people are leading in the church because again, it's you're going to be held to a standard, right? So mm-hmm. when you start getting attacked, you know, it's like you want to defend yourself, but it's like, well, no, you're called to humility and yeah. it's not my job to go smear other people's names. Yeah. And so you kind of just sit there yeah, because you're trying to be a good leader, right? you know, and, and <laughs> my immediate <laughs> reaction to that is like, my inner lawyer starts working in my head and I've already got like my key points mm-hmm. of why, mm-hmm. <laughs> why I'm not wrong and yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to say that also, it's a good point. Yeah. And, and, of course, pastors and elders are going to do things wrong. Yeah. We're not perfect. Yeah. We're, we're, we're submitting to the authority of Christ and we have to learn and, and all of that also. But it, it's just, you know, it's interesting. And, and here's the... It's not as bad as it was now, or is now. Sorry, I'm trying to articulate how I want to say this, and my words are coming out all messed up. But when I first became, when I was thinking about being a pastor, and you go back to, you know, even 25 years ago and, and wrestling with that. 25 years ago, I think there was a little bit more. We were we were coming out of it, but there was still this respect mm-hmm. towards pastors, and you know, I go back to when I was a kid, and even before that, there was this respect to pastors and. And we're living in a day now that there's just, mm-hmm. nobody's getting into church leadership because they're just like, yes, this is, right. man, I'm going to get yeah. respected and I'm going to get, you know, like I'm going to make me some money and I'm going to, you know, s- do make my schedule. Money. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's very hilarious. <laughs> um, and, and so that's what's interesting also is because yeah. I remember those in the past of hearing people in churches mm-hmm. would look at pastors and be like, you know, you're just after control and you're just after power yeah. and you're, and like, nobody yeah. goes into I mean, there's it's, some people that might try, but because, you know, at a, at a regular and I say that with quotes, air quotes um, job, typically someone has one boss or, yeah. you know, uh, several bosses, but they go up the chain, you know, command kind of deal where in ministry, it's because of the democratic um, way people view things because of where we live. I think that's just part of it's kind of bred into us here. Um, it's almost like you have like 158 mm-hmm. other <laughs> little bosses, you know, trying to micromanage and, and do those things. So yeah, it's very interesting. So how, how might the flock, and when I say flock, I mean the congregation, mm-hmm. how, um, might the flock behave in such a way that, um, the job of shepherd, so elder pastor, um, is made easier. Like what are some ways that we as members of Blessed Hope Church can make the job that you guys do easier and more joyful. Mm-hmm. So number one that pops right instantly into my head is the more that individual Christians take their own space, their own faith maturity serious, it, it's going to help the leadership, you know, because, uh, 
and and I know there's a lot of people that do that, so it's not saying that that's not happening. But when you have this, sometimes in, in leadership in the church, because people find themselves on these spiritual cycles of of like the hamster's wheel, and they're not going anywhere. They're constantly, you know, um, looking for feed me, help me, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But again, it's like that's not where God wants us. The more we mature, it takes as individuals, we're going to take pressure off of the the leadership because. Because there's, if the church is growing, there's always going to be new batches of people, and it's not to neglect the others, but it's like then we're becoming this team that's doing this together. Yeah. And, and when a lot of Christians don't take their own spiritual maturity serious, it can become difficult because then because it's a consumer mentality. It's a consumer mentality. It's a. There, there becomes a lot of, this is where you see a lot of fighting happening because we're not seeking the glory of God as much right. as we're seeking. And this is, this is true of elders too. Don't be wrong. We have mm-hmm. to be responsible for our, you know, taking our spiritual journey and maturity serious. Um, it just gets really easy to start becoming very me focused. Yeah. And when the church all starts becoming me focused, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's that's mad. That's bad. <laughs> um, and, and so that's a that's a big one is where people really legitimately are, are saying, you know, so I would say this to anybody's listening, if your primary source of biblical teaching is Sunday morning, you need to step it up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a negative. It's just you need this Sunday morning cannot be your number one source of biblical teaching that for so long. If that was my only and I think about this with people that um, especially people that um, I'm trying to say this in a nice way (laughs) that uh, don't make church a priority on Mm -hmm. Sundays. Um, And so I'm, I'm gathering and this is just a guess. I could be completely wrong that probably that is their main source mm-hmm. of um, getting fed mm-hmm. uh, in their life. And so, um, man, if I just relied on Sunday morning and I'm here every Sunday morning, I would be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, not that it's not great. I love your teaching. I love the things that we're doing together, and those are important, and God wants us to be doing those. That's part of his plan for us as Christians is to be worshiping with the body of Christ every week. Um, but... Yeah, I would I would be in a lot of mm-hmm. trouble. <laughs> if oh, that's all yeah. I relied on. And I think that's why we see a lot of that in American Christians mm-hmm. is because that is we've put so much stock into Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, we, not just that's where I get my teaching. We put so much stock into even that's where most of the resources of the church go to. Yeah, you know, this is where all hands on deck, and we got the yeah. best ministry possible, and we got to have the and, and we're putting so much of this element mm-hmm. into just one time of the of the week. Yeah. When the majority of it, I mean, Sunday morning should be the, it's important. I'm not saying it's not, but it's more, the more, it's more important for the gathering of the saints, not the, I'm getting my biblical teaching. Like this is the part of the equipping that happens. Yes. This is the gathering and the, and the connection. And this is the allowing to see you're not alone and to, Mm -hmm. to be built up and to be encouraged and to all of that. Um, and yeah, when that, becomes our only source and then like you said if it's only 50 percent of the time source or we're doing a disservice to ourselves yeah exactly well and i think it's the same thing with our children and youth programming too like if that's what we're relying on and we put so much emphasis on what steph is teaching the kids and what sean is teaching the kids um 
we're in trouble there too because the primary discipleship should be happening at home mm-hmm. with us. And to me, like that stuff, that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's extra. That's more adults coming alongside them, helping our kids move in the same direction. But the the primary discipleship happens at home. Yeah. And that's the same for us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, taking that seriously. So mm-hmm. tangibles. So get in scripture on a regular basis. Do some, you know, there's, it, there's, there's no reason anybody can say I can't study scripture. There are so many resources. A um, million. Yes. And I can give you half a million. And yes, she, and she can. <laughs> and, uh, but it's even, it's, you know, some people say, well, I don't understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Go find a young adult study. Yeah. Go for, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like nobody's going to know. No. And there's so many know. things that help make the Bible accessible. Yeah. Like we live in a time where everything is at our fingertips. Yes. Yeah. So we, yes, we live in a time where nobody has that there's excuse no excuses, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Nobody can sit there and say, I just have the King James version. Yeah. It's that's not an yeah. excuse anymore. Exactly. Um, so tangible, that is a tangible, uh, prioritizing prayer, huge, you know, mm-hmm. do it. However, makes sense to you. If that's pray while you're on a walk, while you're working out, get a prayer journal, whatever it is, prayer. Uh, but then the life groups that are starting up, get in one, you know, this is again, another step in, mm-hmm. in doing this. And, and what I love about this is, so I go back to what I was reading again about, about Wesley. I had a moment where I stopped when I was reading like, Oh my goodness, that is when, when they started really pursuing God, him and a group of like six friends, they were called the Holy Holiness Club or Holy Club, mm-hmm. basically trying to mock them. Mm-hmm. Um, they would spend four nights a week together for three to four hours in prayer and studying scripture. Wow. That's what they would do together mm-hmm. is just to get together for that. And, it, and in this book, it's talking about how God would move in their meetings and stuff like this. And it's just, so I, I just say here, like sometimes in our world of just being busy, people get, what do you mean I have to read my Bible for 15, 10, 15 minutes or pray? And what do you mean I get one night a week yeah. for, uh, it's like, come on. I mean, yeah. if we want to see God mature yeah. us, we got to invest well, it. What is it in Deuteronomy? Like it's all the time scripture, mm-hmm. like, we talk about it all the oh. time. Yeah. Write it on yeah. our foreheads. I forget. I can't remember. Yeah. The yeah. Um, and I'll just say this because you asked the question. I know mm-hmm. we went through this. I have to say this one tangible. How do you make it easier for elders and leaders in the church? Um, man, talk like just talk. Yes, please. Uh, I mean, this is one of those things where I'm going to say this as blunt as I can. If the vote happens and I become the actual pastor, mm-hmm. anybody hearing this, there will be a time I will probably make you mad. I will upset you or frustrate I you. I can confirm that. No, see, <laughs> um, I am going to annoy you. I'm going to say something that is going to it's going to rub you wrong. It's going to frustrate you. Whatever yeah. it is, and 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 there's one of those things where and the elders are going to do it too, because we're human. Yep. And and it's one of the worst things in the church when people just don't talk. Yes. And and don't I do about it. Yes. And and I get it. Maybe you might come to me and you're going to share, and maybe I won't see it the same way you do, and. Maybe, you know, there might be, I don't want to say a disagreement, but maybe there won't be this like, oh my goodness, you're right. I'm going to repent for what I did, but it's not going to fix itself by people just being quiet. And I can't learn and the elders can't learn unless people Mm -hmm. share. And it goes back to what's the purpose behind the talking. The talking is not for me to get my way or you to get your way. The purpose, if we're doing this right, is Mm -hmm. we want to make the church healthy and we want to be unified together. So if you come in with a spirit of, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and I'm just going to lay into you, then you're coming in the wrong spirit. If you come at me and my attitude is, you're wrong, I'm going to tell you all the reasons you're wrong, I'm in the wrong spirit. Mm -hmm. So there's still ways 
talking is important, but we have to do it with the right spirit. Um, But that's just one of the things I would say is Mm -hmm. we have to do a better job in churches. Um, And, and uh, I mean, I don't know if I should say, but when you have, man, even when people leave your churches Mm -hmm. and they don't tell you why, it's like, Okay, it if it does, and, yeah. and, and my honest opinion towards that is if we legitimately did something wrong or if we need something we need to do better, mm-hmm. I'm not owning up to that unless you tell me what it is because right. I can't. Right. And, and so that's where I'm saying how can you help leadership mm-hmm. talk, yeah. share You're thoughts. You're not mind readers. No. And I, I can say from experience that David is an excellent listener and um, you know all the, all the situations that I've had the privilege to be a part of or see because I, you know, we see behind the curtain a little bit when you're on staff. Um, I just know that um, he has a, a gentle spirit and a spirit of listening and trying to understand and taking time to process things. And so um, just never be fearful or discouraged to, to, to come do that. If you've had a bad experience in the past, oh. um, so yeah yeah if that if that one thing started happening more in churches mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. i think it would speak volumes yeah because um i think you said it we're not mind readers yeah and i'm horrible at picking up cues so if you start treating me like bad i'm so focused on other you know yeah he's I'm, a guy <laughs> i am you know so <laughs> so sometimes that even makes people worse it's like well i gave them the cold shoulder for the last yeah. two months and don't let's just stop doing that yeah that's not maturity maturity mm-hmm. is hey i gotta talk to you about something yeah. and let god do what god's gonna do mm-hmm. with it yeah so. like i'm really bad about that just with my husband <laughs> like i'm like he should know why i'm mad about such and such situation and i've done this and that and so he should but it's like no like he's it's just like we're on different yeah Yeah. Yeah, totally different things so yep um so last thing i wanted to quickly cover here before we wrap up was um just the the very end where in his final greeting Mm -hmm. um peter talks about is it sylvanus that's silas right that is silas silas um he refers to him as a faithful brother and then he goes on to talk about mark um, and, you know, greeting one another with a kiss of love. And it's just very intimate. Um, so I'm curious because I feel like this isn't necessarily how we always talk about each other mm-hmm. in the modern church. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we, <laughs> how do we compare to his vibe that he has going on here? How do we compare to his <laughs> vibe? Yeah. And how do we, <laughs> how do we be better? <laughs> um, there definitely was a, a, an affection that you can see in a lot of this. Um, you got to remember that during this context, when you became a Christian, there was a good chance that if your family did not come with you, you lost family. Mm-hmm. So that when you know you talk about him calling, you know Silas his faithful brother, you know, like that's how they viewed each other. Like you're my family now. Like you're the people I c- count on, and com- mm-hmm. you know, and and we don't see it that way. You know, we, we kind of go back to what I w- we were talking about with people leaving the church. It's, um. One one of the aspects is, and you think about church membership and all of that stuff is when we just brought some members on. We're one of the things we're committing to when we choose to be part of a church is we're saying this is my family. I'm committing to these people, and and you can see that with how easy it is for us to just give up on each other 
Mm-hmm. And and that's what they're saying. It's like we, you know, like we're a family, mm-hmm. and and there's going to be hard times, and there's going to be conflict, and there's going to be, but there's an affection there. There's a I I love you as family. And then you know when he's mm-hmm. talking about Mark and this greeting each other, we're you know that's that's cultural, but it also shows the mm-hmm. let go of the things that we don't want to do to make. Uh, show affection. You know, this would be, because that's where you go, Judas greeted Jesus with a kiss. Mm -hmm. That was a sign of, of affection and love and brotherhood and unity. And that's why Jesus is like, you're betraying me with the thing that it's the complete opposite of what you're doing Mm -hmm. with this kiss. And, um, I I think we live in a context where we are afraid to show affection with one another in the church. Um, I think some of the ways that we are is because let's just put it out there. People can get burned in Mm -hmm. churches so we're very slow to offer these affections and, and, and seeing each other in that way. Like, I'm not going to give up on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I see here a lot when I see how he's re- – and, and I love it also because here's this big, rugged fisherman guy talking about, like, <laughs> yeah. affection between men yeah. and, and this brotherhood between men. And, um, and, and, and men, I'm going to say this for us as men. Uh, talking with other men in the church at times and even before here, uh, I think a great sign of our maturity is to let go of our big rugged, I got this. Like, I think there's Mm -hmm. something amazing when men could let their guard down and speak truthfully, not aggressively, but confession Mm -hmm. and emotion and fears and worries. Um, I think we've been taught as men to be the complete opposite of that. And that gets in the way of our faith. Yeah. Um, so when I see this also, I say, you know, I see this as men be willing to let the guard down. It's not anti manly to, you know, express emotion and to be affectionate with each other and confession and just, yeah, I, I it's just an amazing picture mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. So um, sermon illustration on Sunday, like we, should we like hold hands? We'll all get up and holy kisses, man. Kisses. <laughs> Just holy kisses. I might be sick that day. <laughs> See, you, Malia's got some growing to do. I do, just, you guys. Just, it's not I there. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Denny gets here. a hug. People get hugs. That's about as much as I. We will. Got. We will hand out kick, or tic tacs to everybody. <laughs> Little Mentos in preparation. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So I am looking forward to um, wrapping up this sermon series. I've super super enjoyed it. I always love when we go through a book of the Bible verse by verse and just spend time, um, you know, sitting in it and working through it in its entirety. There's something about that that is better and different, and I love it. Um, Next podcast in two weeks, we will be, it'll be the new year, Mm -hmm. and we will have our annual um, best of podcast, which is always my favorite, because I'm like the resource um, junkie, and so... It's going to be hard for you, though, without your your cohort of of (laughs) being able to list these 85 books that you guys have read in your... So, yeah, so we'll share, like, some of our favorite books we've read this year for 2022, if there's any, you know, books of the Bible that we've studied or studies we've done or just whatever for David, you know, a favorite movie that he's watched this year, things like that. So always a lot of fun. So hope you guys will um, tune into that in two weeks, but otherwise, this is it. 2022 is a wrap. It's done. All right. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Yep.